You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Welcome back to another episode of the Ratchet Rambling Podcast presented to you by Flawless Noises Media. I am one of your hosts. I am Jeremy. I go by Black Dante on all social media, so Facebook, I don't really know her like that. Good to hear. Look, everybody. And uh, my AKA for today will be uh, stop trying to move when niggas is recording their podcast. Glares <laughs> at my neighbors. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and I'm by my friend and my co-host. Um, what is up, everybody? It's your girl. It's Candace, not some newlywed PC on all social media. Uh, my AKA for today is stop putting people stop putting money in awful people's pockets by hate watching everything they do that is a word that is a Uh, motherfucking word so i was watching the drink champs interview with memphis bleak and he of course it's a point we've heard before but hearing him say it again he was like, I don't think people realize how many people they make wealthy or make how many people they dislike. They help them get a bag because all they do is hate watch them. And that a lot of people would rather be hated than to not be noticed at all. Any type of notoriety is still notoriety. And so I'm saying that to say this. And the fact that he of all people made that point but continue for well Memphis Bleak stay out the limelight for the most part we don't really hear too much from him and I know everybody got their jokes like ah he probably just be babysitting Jay-Z kids and this that and the third and I mean based on the interview like him and Jay are close but even still like he takes the stance that Jay got his own life to live and he got his own life to live and they do so yeah. And that that's that's just it. But I'm saying that to say this that that pink lady, I think she has figured out that even if people hate her, even if people hate her husband, even if people hate how she behaves, her attitude, her nastiness, as long as you discussing her, watching her, trying to see what she's saying, trying to see what she's doing, you are you are keeping her relevant. Yeah. And I do think there's a difference between like you just happen to come across it because, you know, it's out of your control. You know, social media is talking about it. People don't put shit on your timeline, even against your will and stuff. That's different from actively seeking that shit out to make content on it about how much you despise her, you know, and what she's doing is cringe, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, if if it just comes across it, that's, you know, you can't control that. But actively going out to see the train wreck, yeah, that's just keeping it on the tracks. Yeah. Absolutely. I just, you know, like I said, I, for the most part, I have that lady blocked and muted on all social media platforms. The latest brand of fuckery only was on my timeline because um, her husband was being mentioned. Now I got his name muted to the high heavens. Um, But I did stick around for that train wreck because he ended up getting in more legal trouble. Which I love to see because fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. He's a terrible person. Fuck that, fuck that terrible individual. Um, but we back and it's gonna be a quick episode. We only got we have two shows. Um, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which theater and Love and Marriage Huntsville Broadway Theater. Okay. Both shows was giving it to us, and I'm I'm truly glad. Before we do though. So remember, friend, at the end of the Bell Collective mid-season finale, they show somebody getting an ultrasound. Mm-hmm. It was Tambra. Tambra is pregnant. Yep. Which now I'm really ready for Bell Collective to come back because I hope that Marie Monho, Marie Mon No Business, is eating her fucking words, being all in Tambra business, talk about how the relationship with Demond was fake. They ain't really together. Whole time Miss Mamas is pregnant by him, I believe. It would be funny. Like imagine, imagine having your whole storyline revolving around somebody not being a real husband. I mean a real boyfriend. Meanwhile, he knocking the real sonic rings out her coochie. Imagine. <laughs> Hello. Hello. 
Hello. But con congratulations to Tam. She looks good. <laughs> she does look good. She looks she she looks beautiful. She's glowing. Um, you know, like I said, I think we did say one of the the best parts about her storyline was them shedding light on fertility issues, especially in women over 40 and you know how rough it can be to navigate fertility issues and women's reproductive health issues. She has some reproductive health issues and things like that. And to see her get on the other side of it, to be able to get pregnancy, get pregnant and the pregnancy is viable and she is, and the baby is growing every day. Beautiful. Chef's kiss. Wow. Okay. Yeah, she, look, she looks real. She looks real healthy and she looks like she's in a, in a good, in a really good space, which again, just circling it on back around. That's what happens when you're not miserable in mind of your business, Marie. Yeah. You get to you get to look good. You get to look healthy. You get some good dick and and that good dick can knock up your coochie. Um I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> Tara might not have had a BBL, but she got some BBC. <laughs> <laughs> no BBL, all BBC. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See what happened when you minding the business that pay you. Right, you, you, can, you can get the dick you deserve. <laughs> that dick paying is what. Uh, paying that cervix a visit. Is is it hello? <laughs> some womb wages, I tell you. <laughs> For sure, definitely put some some motion in her ocean. Okay, uh, exactly. I'm telling you, a boat was rocking. For sure, and her ass was clapping, and it didn't look like cement. <laughs> he cemented a baby in that way. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Now, shit. He definitely put some cream filling in that Twinkie. Exactly. Hello. Listen, I tell you, there was a mic. Marie sitting you. over there with that BBL looking like it's a pimple ready to pop. Exactly. Dr. BBL popper. Somebody should just poke a hole in her butt cheek. Imagine like it made one of them like cartoons, like one of the uh, whoopee cushions on one of the old cartoons. Oh, like, like them they just make a nasty noise, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, like like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but for I'll just I'll shout out to Tamara, congratulations! And when does Bell Collective come back? Have they given a date yet? Of, like, oh, when the no, goes? no. Uh-uh. They haven't yet. I'm looking forward to it though. Let's let's head on over. Let's let's tiptoe through the snow. Um Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So I'm starting to wonder if Andy realizes that the formula he's been trying to use for some of the shows hasn't been working because the I feel like putting Monica and with the girls so far, and when I say putting Monica in, meaning she's she's not she's not wealthy, she's not a mover and a shaker, she's not a salt she's not a socialite of Salt Lake City. She got her break to be on the show by by chance because of because of being Jen Shaw's assistant, and she she uh finute she she finuted that into getting on this show. Yeah, but otherwise, I don't think we would have seen her on here. Yeah, it's a proxy position for sure. And I feel like we need more of these situations because as we said, we said it with Atlanta. We've even said it with Potomac. And I think Salt Lake City is like one of the only white franchises we watch. But that's because I'll be honest, I'm not in a mood to go back and watch so many seasons of like Orange County, Beverly Hills, Jersey, and yeah. so on and so forth to really catch up. Yeah, because I feel like with those, like, I, you know, that's a good point. And I feel like that's why. Um, I know we haven't really talked about it, but I feel like those shows, like part of the reason people recommend them to us is because they're actually pretty good. And I don't doubt that, but I feel like the reason that they're good is because they've had consistency over the years, like Real Housewives of Atlanta used to. So I don't feel like we would be able to just jump in and appreciate as much as we would like catching something fresh, fresh snow, if you will, like Salt Lake City. 
I feel like we caught Salt Lake City at the right time to jump in and be fresh. And it be something that's, you know, not our typical norm, you know, non, you know, it not being black and stuff, but it we caught it at the right time. Yeah. To be invested. Yeah. And like, and also it's pretty it's it's pretty good. I agree. I certainly agree. Um now my question is, speaking of Monica, my question is, how far do you think they're gonna let her spill all the shit that she knew confident to Jen? I mean, she's already off to a decent start. But if, how far if Monica is smart, she will pace herself and mm. she will pick these ladies off one by one. Kind of yeah, so- like in my honest, in my honest opinion, season by season. Mm. Like maybe like this season, focus on all the awful shit Jen said about Heather. I feel like that's a, next season, yeah. set your sights on Whitney. Next season, or maybe do two a season if you want to. One for the first part of the season, one for the second part. But if she's smart, she will use any dirt that she has from Jen, exaggerate it, and earn herself one of three seasons on this show. Uh, yeah, space it out so she don't flame out early. Yeah, so she don't flame out. And also, make it so that you you have a bargaining chip pay-wise. Because I'm almost certain she's the lowest paid housewife on this franchise. Yeah, I gotta be. I gotta be. Get yourself, put yourself in a position so that next season you ain't got to treat yourself to a Louis Vuitton bag for the girls' trip. She's kind of set herself up to be like prime charade, like early Real Housewives of Atlanta. And if she is smart, play into this whole I'm not rich thing. I'm not rich, but I can keep up with these rich bitches when it comes to stirring the pot being in shit and get some free trips and shit out of it and figure out how you going to turn this newfound exposure into a business for yourself. Uh, now, if, if I was to say Lanethia leaks needs to find a lane for herself, it would be helping other reality stars turn reality TV into outside business ventures. Like she did. I like that. I like that. Nene okay. has found herself in TV, in yeah. film, uh, having restaurants, uh, teams, yeah. and all type of other businesses, investments, and so yeah. on and so forth. Uh, that lounge, which I didn't it close or did she sell it? Uh, I, I think she last I heard about it, uh, it was in the process of being uh sold. I don't know if she still sold it, though, okay. but that's the last I heard about it. Yeah, I, I do know it was rated terrible because remember I told you because I remember I, we talked about it on the episode. Hell, it was it's like it was like right next to a very prominent and bustling like Walmart in a suburb. So like <laughs> they, they had to charge like ridiculous rates because it was right next to that damn Walmart. You know what? I can mm-hmm. look it up right now. Go ahead, friend. Don't mind me. Yeah. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. So I'm just just if she got some sense, you know, you know. Fanute it into that if if you're smart, Monica. Figure out how to make this opportunity work for you. That's that is all I'm saying. Um oh no, now, she, she still got the lounge. Oh, okay. Still, now oh, with, oh damn, they done uh, apparently they don't improved a lot. Cause I remember that when that shit first opened, that shit was getting like two star ratings. Now they don't bump it up to like three point seven. Oh, okay. So they they doing something right, I'll tell you what. Mm. Okay, Nene. Uh, Now, what I will say is we get to Palm Springs and Whitney and Angie K are there waiting. And I love the brand of shade that Meredith is throwing because, again, this is not some some casual party like a backyard barbecue. This is a very planned out girls trip. And you... And Whitney, you stirring the pot to invite somebody that you know multiple women in the friend group don't care for is total bullshit. Now, I know she had no choice but to do it because either way it went, production was going to make sure Angie K was on that trip. And I think that's the only place where I'm willing to give Whitney a little bit of graces. She found a way to put the focus on her and make it seem like she's just so much messy, so much chaos gotta keep me around but either way this shook out angie k was gonna be on that trip yeah okay real quick uh 
slight correction. Nene still owns it, but it is closed permanently. Oh, okay. That's probably why the ratings got better. Anyways. <laughs> you ain't shit, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, like, she was going to be on that trip. And I don't know why Meredith thought she wouldn't end up on the trip when this is like an integral part of the start of the season. Yeah. Also, I feel like if you can have Lisa on this trip after she was hot mic calling you all types of sluts and hoes and talking shit about your husband and your kids uh, and everything. Let's talk else, about it. Let's talk about why, it. Why can't Angie be here? Let's talk about it. I'm just listen, all I know you. And Lisa are in a you know better place now. Y'all kind of kind of have mended the fences, but honestly, the fact that you y'all even did that after the shit that Lisa was on record on tape, like for the world to know and see, all of us heard and saw it. The fact that y'all okay and she on this trip, I'm just saying, Meredith. I'm just saying, cause <laughs> 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 I was you. <laughs> I'm just saying. Mm. I'm just saying. I ain't saying, but I'm just saying. There's some mm. hypocrisy in this note. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. Um, but on the flip hand, on the flip side of things, when it comes to like planned activities and things like that and like getting gifts, I feel like Whitney, you didn't realize how this would come across because like Meredith got the girls' gifts, but she didn't get one for Angie because Angie wasn't invited. She True. planned an activity for the girls. Angie had to basically be by herself because Angie wasn't invited. Now <laughs> I like... do. I I'm I'm with Meredith. If I didn't invite you to something and you show up anyways and don't give me a heads up, I am absolutely gonna try to ice you out as much as possible. It's like that means, uh, bro. Thinks think you part of the team. Sis thought she was part of the team. Yeah, I'm I'm for sure gonna try to ice you out. Now, what got on my nerves was um, Heather not... Heather always got so much to say, but but with a back that wide, you would think that she got the backbone to match it. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I like that. You did because that all of a sudden, Angie K is there, and you, you, you quiet as a fucking church mouse. But when you was just... When you was talking to Monica before the trip, you had everything in the world to say about Angie K. And then when they played that game, um, shit, what was the shit called? Oh, my God. I can't think oh, of it. When they played know. the game, oh, uh, cold and prickly or warm and fuzzy or some shit. When, um, when, they, when they did that, you, you couldn't even give the real reason why you don't fuck with Angie K. And that's when I was like, oh, this bitch is a coward. Yeah. She always kind of, she always has been since season one. The only person she actually got kind of truthful and like real with was Lisa. And that was at like the reunion of yeah. season two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but other than that, like she, uh, for someone built like a linebacker, she sure don't know how to tackle. Yep. Absolutely. I, um, I wanted to say that <laughs> Lisa has the self-awareness of a rock. Um, when Monica told Lisa that it was kind of triggering for her to, well, when Lisa said something to Monica about how it was insensitive for her to be like, stop talking about your 60K ring or whatever. I'm glad, again, this is why so far I'm liking Monica because she was honest and she's like, what are you even talking about? The average person doesn't have the ability to lose a $60,000 ring and then say, oh, their replacement ring is on the way. Right. Like, people cry about where their next meal is coming from or cry about if they can afford to go to the hospital if they get sick. And you sitting up here blubbering about a $60,000 ring that should have been fucking insured. Like, I'm not even being funny, beloved. There are people that will never see $60,000 in their lifetime. Hello? And, like, it really is one of those situations where, like, Kim, people are dying. And that's why I laughed when um when Monica was like, yeah, that ring is already at the pawn shop. Because I wish a bitch like me could have, I wish I could have found that goddamn ring real bad. Hello? Hello? Real bad. Like, I'm going to be real with you. I got some electrical work on the car that needs fixing. <laughs> and I wish, I wish, I, I, wish I could have found that ring. <laughs> huh. 
nigga, it's a, it's a pawn shop like right around the block from my apartment complex. Hello, American Pawn. Here I, I come. Talk, talk, listen, right next to a laundromat. They don't know, listen, they don't know nothing about that, Cam. Also, so they go to this dinner, right? And Angie starts being a facetious asshole and basically makes a toast about, you know, not not being um not having fun and says the trip is fake and Meredith is drunk and Meredith like Meredith you needed a a, a daytime Emmy because bitch you was acting like you was on a soap opera. You can leave. You can leave. Somebody get security. Security, she wasn't invited. Escort her out. She can like Miss Mamas. Hey, hey, listen, listen, you listen. You're not wrong, but that has always been Meredith. And I'm not gonna lie, I love when she get to be a dramatic it, because it'd be so funny. No, and you so know why funny. it's funny? Because 95% of the time you can't get Meredith to say a fucking I, ex- word. Exactly. But then exactly. when she get it, when, when that patron is in the system, <laughs> she, ain't no tell him if I fuck him well, I diss him. That's what they be yelling. I'm a pit by blood. Not relate like she get to acting like she gonna beat a bitch ass. <laughs> and it'd be so funny. It'd be so funny. And, like and that, so, that can you go get the smallest waiter in there? <laughs> what was that pip squeak gonna do? I know, right? Like he could like the motherfucker could barely lift the tray he carried. Like, come on. But it just be so funny because cause also, you know, like normally Meredith is very dry tone, very monotone, except, but like when she get like in her bag, like when she get, when she even get mad or when she get drunk or a combination of both, it'd be so funny to switch. It'd be so funny. It, it fucking hilarious. She'd be so dramatic. I was like, um, okay, girl. Okay. <laughs> it'd be so funny. Like she'd be doing the most, but it'd be so funny. I want to talk. I want to <laughs> are, we, are we ready to get to the, the drag of the year? Or, or we, or we one of them, one of two. Okay. I want to talk about, well, first of all, you have really got to do some self-reflection if Mary Crosby can drag you for filth and have very valid points because she too has the self-awareness of a gnat. And Mary's, Mary's elevator, it don't really go up. No. Like it's stall at the basement. Yeah, it's it's the ground. And then when you go to walk up the stairs, the basement door be locked. Mary's elevator lives in the basement. Yeah, it's ground zero. And it's always helmets in that elevator. Definitely some loose wire. It is. It's two hamsters in a wheel and they be running in opposite directions and the wheel never starts moving. The pulley system is inactive. The hinge does not flex, okay? The marbles is just scooting around, creating with no friction. It's like a little brain. Her brain is smooth as some worn out tires, okay? Brain smooth as a latex. Mm. Cottonelle approved, if you will. For sure. Her brain smooth as your Mima's pound cake batter. Mm. That's smooth. Sweet person, dumb than a motherfucker. So if Mary Crosby can drag you, you need to do some self-reflecting. And she fucking dragged Whitney. And we discussed this in the pregame. I dislike Whitney because Whitney is very calculated, but she leans heavily into the dumb blonde trope to try to cover it up. The dumb, unassuming, sweet blonde. I don't know what you're talking about. I would never do that. I just want everybody to be friends. I didn't do that. I didn't say that. I didn't mean it like that. What are you talking about? What? I hate it. I hate it. As a grown titty woman, it does sound like Minnie Mouse. I like a mean girl that knows she's a mean girl and can own that she's a mean girl. That's also, that's my, to be honest, that's my problem with. A lot of the women on this cast, that's my problem with Lisa. Yo, That's sure. my problem with Heather. For sure. They are fucking mean. That was the problem with Jen. That was the problem with Jen. In my opinion, Meredith is not a mean girl until you're mean to her first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She might, she, she runs from confrontation more than anything. Yeah. 
But when you make her mad, hell hath no fury. For sure. So and you, can I add a because like the thing is, right, in season one, I definitely don't believe that it was an act on Whitney's part, like kind of being unassuming, kind of being a little dizzy. I don't think that was an act in season one. Season two, however, when Lisa made her mad and she got in Lisa's shit, and rightfully so, she turned she had a heel turn. So in that after season two, it stopped becoming an act. And it became like what you were saying. She became calculated. She became mean because she had to keep because because she because she got in Lisa's shit season one when Lisa and when Lisa was fucking with her at the reunion. That's when she made the heel turn. But she couldn't keep that you know innocent shit going. Now that she don't, it was like okay, bitch, I'm gonna fight five with five. So she started become becoming messy, becoming calculated, becoming mean, like you said. But she still wanted that same innocence of season one, and that ain't how that worked. Yeah. Once you decide to make that heel turn, you got to stick to it. Yep. Which leads us here today with this drag that Merrick. Yep. I just. Yep. Absolutely. I just Merrick Crosby of all goddamn. But I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail your thought. Continue with how how you hate Witness Act, right? Yeah. So, um, so they're on the bus coming back from the dinner. Heather, Heather, wide back, drunk ass, throwing up every goddamn where. Mm. Back just wide and heaving. It, it, I know it felt like the Superdome on that goddamn bus. Even in trucking. <laughs> I know everybody felt like they was covered by the blood of the lamb when that back heaved up. It was heaving and hoeing and shit like a Negro spiritual. But listen, <laughs> Mary tells Whitney to stop being fake. And stand up in the shit she does because she called her pornography. And this is what I say when I tell you that Mary Brain is as smooth as marbles. And Heather drunk ass took a uh, took an intermission from heaving and hoeing from uh, coffee martinis and shit to be like predator. She called you a predator. And Mary's like, yeah, you called me a predator. And you're a terrible person, but you like to pretend like you're not a terrible person. And you never stand up in the shit that you say and you do. And in, and, and, and in grand victim white woman, Whitney goes, I don't know what you're talking about, Mary. I stand up in everything I do. Roll the footage. I stand up in everything I, I do, Mary. And it's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You, first of all, you went to Mary's church acted like you was interested in figuring out her life and, you know, her church and this, that, and the third, just to kind of run back and tell everybody she's a predator and she's this and she's that and the third. And there's a lot of truth to it. And I feel like part of the reason that um, Mary can identify the type of bitch that Whitney is is because Mary is a similar type of bitch. Yeah. Water seeks his own level. So I wholeheartedly agree with Mary that Whitney is a pot stirrer. Whitney is a shit starter. The stuff that she did by bringing Angie K on the trip and them arriving in a way that Meredith couldn't turn Angie back around and say, no, you can't come. It was pop stern at its fucking best. And we all know it. We all know it. You cannot be a victim and a villain. If you want to be the villain on this show, if you want to replace Jen Shaw, because Lord knows our lifestyles are similar. It ain't like your husband having been accused of fraud and shit like that. <laughs> if you want to be a villain on this show, that is fine, but you need to stand loud and proud in that villain shit that you're doing. Yeah. You talking shit about people's kids. You talk shit about people's church. You talk shit about people's marriages, they homes. You talk shit about everybody, but you mom is the fucking word when it comes to your husband running the fucking pyramid scheme. Mom is the word when it comes to that bullshit skincare line you got that you sunk all that money into and it ain't doing shit. Like say, we saw that like what season two one and ain't heard shit else since. Yeah, you got so much to say for a bitch that's calling people predators whole time. Your husband, who is like twenty plus years older than you, was fucking you while you was married to somebody else, and he was married to somebody else. A lot of these calls be coming from inside the house when you talking shit, Whitney. And that's my problem with you. Focus on mm. your motherfucking self. Mm. Mm. Well, I can't find a lot. 
So it's like, give it a fucking rest. Yeah. And the fact that Mary is the one who called you out on it, again, you need to do some deep, 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 deep soul searching. Yeah. Because this this is this is not a a a a a Mary Crosby is a victim of her dancers. No, 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 no. This is saying that a motherfucker that is just as equally fucked up as you calling you out on the fact that you is equally fucked up means you need both needs means you need to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yep. And it is what it is. It is what it is. I just want to say, um, before we before we move on, I did a survey and asked what was the uh in the in the battle of the OG chip flavor, who reigns supreme? Niggas is saying salt and vinegar. I, you know, I don't disagree. I, it's it's not my number one, but it's definitely in the top three for me. I said barbecue, sour cream, and onion, salt and vinegar, and cheddar and sour cream. And barbecue is losing. Damn, we we don't lost the recipes. Is it losing bad? No, it's it's like at twenty one percent, and then cheddar and sour cream is twenty five percent. Sour cream and onion is 26% and salt and vinegar is 28%. Salt and vinegar shocked me. Maybe it was, I, that don't shock me, but that, I'm also, you know, south, southern country. And Nick, I, I, I ain't gonna lie, I remember that used to be my hustle in, uh, in, in high school. I used to, because uh, we used to get them and I used to sell them. That used to be my little hustle. And nigga, the ones I could never, I had to always run back to the, uh, to the vendor and get was the damn salt and vinegar and uh the hot cheetos them two i couldn't i could i listen when i tell you niggas love them goddamn two right there mm-hmm. so that don't surprise me for sure um before we come back and and deep dive into love and marriage huntsville we're gonna take a quick little break go get your bag of chips while you at it and maybe Hello? get you a glass of wine or something and we'll be back after the break when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, all right, all right. We back after the break. I ain't giving me no chips because I'm saving my dinner for appetite because we having a real nigga Sunday dinner. Turkey wings, green beans, some mashed potatoes, mm. and some dressing. So I'm going to hold off on the chips. But let's get into love and marriage, Huntsville, because I got a lot to say. I do. I got a lot to say. Um, First things first, I don't want to be nasty. And I know that I have some work to do with destigmatizing drug addiction, but because of how I grew up and at the time when I grew up in the second half of the eighties and the nineties, um, calling somebody a crackhead, um, was like second nature. Like, ah, uh-huh, hi, your mama crackhead. You know what I'm saying? So I am trying to do better with destigmatizing how I discuss drug addiction and addicts. But I just want to say Kiki is on some fucking drugs and you cannot convince me otherwise. When she is sitting there talking to Mel, this lady is spaced the fuck out. She talking yeah. a mile a fucking minute. Yeah. She ain't none of none of what she's saying coherently goes together. Then she's talking about, I got a lawyer. I can't discuss it. I can't confirm or deny if it was me. I'm going to be vindicated when it all comes out. Why would I be stealing? Why would I be doing that? I haven't relapsed. People just hating on me. Like, ma'am, again, we established last week that it was anti-black as fuck to put a woman and her child on fucking Crime Stoppers over potential petty theft from Home Depot. And she hadn't been arrested and no charges have been filed. But I'm still just trying to say that, ma'am, you, something in that milk, something in that pipe is smoking. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. It was kind of uncomfortable to watch a little bit because, again, like you said, she's clearly on something. She clearly, like, needs some help and I mean, hell, unfortunately, she really can't depend on the damn family. She can't depend on Tisha. 
She can't depend on Wanda from what it seems like. And she really don't need to be on the camera for real. So if we're was, if we're to be honest, yeah. So she, was, she doesn't look healthy. Um Yeah, this ain't this ain't healthy. the same Kiki from like last season. No, she doesn't sound healthy. She doesn't look healthy. Um, two plus two is not equal in four, but what's going on with her behavior just all seems very erratic and out of sorts. Yeah. Um so it was kind of uncomfortable to watch, I'm not gonna lie. And also, you know, I as we have accused Mel of kind of being cold-hearted and standoffish. But what I will say is I truly believe in the first half of this season, even though they're calling it a new season now, I truly believe in the first half of this season when Mel had the conversation with Tisha and Kimmy about moving forward, rebuilding, being in a good space with each other, I feel like she genuinely wanted to accomplish that goal. And I feel like the biggest evidence we got was in this episode where Mel told Kiki, because Kiki was like, Tisha didn't call me and blah, blah, blah. And Mel was like, well, hold on now before you take this as a personal dig. You have to remember, y'all are still not on the best of terms with each other. Y'all relationship has not gotten back right with each other after what happened. And you have to take into account, you you might look at her funny for calling you trying to see what's going on, and y'all haven't really fully repaired and mended y'all relationship. And then she was like, okay, well, when you saw what was going on with Tisha and Marceau and his mom in the media and blah, 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 did you call and check on her? And Kiki was like, no, I'm not comfortable calling and talking about anything pertaining to... Marceau and, and Tisha and Mel was like well see like y'all are kind of in the same space it's very obvious that y'all are not comfortable with calling in and checking in about certain things based on where y'all relationship stands right now and so I do honestly believe Mel would love to rebuild repair and rebuild her relationship with Tisha but as we see on this episode it's hard to do because Marceau is so fucking nasty to women in general. Yep. Which, which again, circles is so funny. Circling back to last episode, and we said, and I've seen people, you know, talk about on social media what it with the, the thing with uh Courtney and um with him over um over Stormy. This Courtney and Stormy kind of overreact a little bit. Yeah. But it's Marceau, and you can't give him the benefit of the doubt because when right when you give him try to give him the benefit of the doubt, what the fuck does he do in this episode? Same old Marceau. Same old Marceau. Same old, same old. Yep. So, but but um, but yeah, I I just I think it's important for T- I mean not Tisha um for Kiki to have people in her corner that actually like want to support her. Um, because she needs it, and hopefully she will also be receptive to that support as she battles with what is clearly addiction, and she's clearly not well. So I, I know I've had you know worse said about Kiki in the past, but I genuinely hope she gets better because she just don't look good. Like this ain't the same Kiki from last season. No, it, it's not. It's not at all. Um, so I, I gotta be honest. I don't really care about. Tiffany's like sip and see thing. Um, I I just think it's kind of weird to have Stormy helping you plan it. And then you have Stormy helping you, but on a date of she's not there to help do do and do anything. That that felt like filler. I'm not gonna lie to you. It did. It, it felt like filler. It, it felt like Tiffany, we Tiffany's in this episode. We need something for her to do. Boom, there you go. Yeah. It really didn't add much to the episode. It didn't. So. It didn't at all. I I don't understand it at all. Um I feel like that's one of them things where we she um they ain't doing much because of the baby and the pregnancy and stuff. So now we just need something for her to do. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So uh, I wanna I wanna get I want to get to the to the meat and potatoes. Well, before we do that, I want to. I don't know if this stood out to you, friend, but to me, for them to be 
or for them to claim that they are extremely successful and extremely wealthy. Marcel and Tisha argue about money a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about argue about money beyond what seems normal for quote unquote self-made millionaires. Mm-hmm. And if y'all are self-made millionaires, why don't y'all have a professional in helping y'all keep up with the money, balance the money, save the money, and spend the money? You know, I'm 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 gonna tell you why, friend. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you exactly why. Because Marceau is too stubborn to do it, and Tisha is too afraid to do it. And I'm gonna tell you why. Marceau is too stubborn to do it because he feels like he knows every goddamn thing. Tisha is too afraid is too afraid to do it because she knows if they bring in someone to tell the to tell them tell Marceau specifically, hey nigga. You don't know what the fuck you doing. Here's a better way. He might not take it out on that person, but he might take it out on Tisha. Yeah. And and I just, you know, again, I'm just a little bit on the confused side because they're getting, first of all, they have moved so fucking much. And they moved and this like house... What? This house is going through a renovation and that house is going through a renovation. And when she asks about furniture, I don't know if anybody doesn't, if it's weird for millionaires to be talking about just rent some furniture. This is like what? Three different places in the last four seasons? Yeah. And talking about, let's just get the furniture from China. You got, they got a cousin at the Pentagon. Like it, it is just very much given weird and again just make it make sense make it make sense because it really doesn't right now i think another reason they argue about money so much is that they have two very uh, conflicting viewpoints when it comes to um, finances of the home and well-being when it comes in and come to the, the kids and stuff because I feel like Marceau is very, you know, conservative slash, you know, archaic about it. And Tisha is very, uh, I don't want to say very. I, I think I think Adam Barry here gets her a bit too much. But she's more progressive and forward thinking about finances than he is. Yeah. And so you got two, you got two very different frames of mind. On top of that already strained, you know, intermarital relationship with Marceau basically not respecting any, anything Tisha has to say or do because he's the man and she's the woman. For sure. Um, okay. Now, Nell and Chris Fletcher. Well, first of all, I want to know why everybody got such a problem with not being invited to be part of a black business expo that was set up and run super shitty. And every, as, as we get more details, much like Mel suspected that Marceau and Letitia was being very fucking funny with the money. But Chris and, and his wife want to know why they weren't invited to be panelists and be a part of this uh, Black Business Expo because their resume more than qualified them for it, but they should have been the first ones called. Chris is not a, he's not only a realtor, he is a real estate broker. To own a real estate firm, typically you need a broker. He has a real estate brokerage and has had one for 29 years. So almost three decades, this man has managed to to be so deep into the real estate industry that he was able to sustain and maintain his home, his wife, and probably have a savings, a retirement plan, and probably even put some kids through college and so on and so forth. Nail has owned and operated a daycare in Huntsville for 29 years. I don't know if we understand how big of an accomplishment that is to maintain a proper state-governed and licensed care facility for children for nearly three decades, and it has sustained in the pandemic. What a feat. To me, I wish we had gotten... Chris and Nell's story, and I wish they'd been given more airtime prior to this current season, because what it looks like to me is that they are the epitome of movers, shakers, and and black success in Huntsville. Yep. 
they sit down to have dinner with Marceau and Tisha and ask, hey, why hadn't we been included in this situation? We got the credentials and the resume to back it up. And like the cowards that they are, Marceau and Tisha go, well, we were only introduced to y'all through Mel and Martel, and we didn't feel comfortable, you know, reaching out to y'all because y'all are their friends. But y'all felt comfortable asking Mel and Martel to participate in the Black Business Expo. Hello. And again, I wish they would get the right nigga on this show to knock Marceau's teeth out of his mouth because he told that he told Nell, oh, I don't even know what you do. I just thought uh, he was a real he he was a real estate agent and you was just his pretty little wife. How rude, nasty and condescending is that to say to some to a woman? She's like, huh? I own a daycare and even Tisha knew. And this is why I don't like Tisha, because she is a fucking coward and afraid of him because you knew what that woman did. So yep. you knew what he you knew what she did. Marceau, you know what Chris does. So again, y'all had all the details to invite them. But now you you pussyfooting and backpedaling, talking about, oh, well, we ain't know what she did. And y'all friends with Mel and Martell and bullshit. I'm I'm calling bullshit. The, you know what I think, friend? They didn't want people to be a part of that black business as expo who they feel are more successful than they are. Yep. Yep. Marceau yep. and Letitia wanted to be the most successful couple there. Yep. While also they, they wanted to be the most successful couple. Meanwhile, they're the most dysfunctional and ain't really all that successful if we're being honest. Cause again, I, I ain't on no, I ain't on no successful motherfuckers to have to move this goddamn much with in such a short amount of time. And then if it wasn't enough, this, um, they bring up, you know, people's credentials and Marceau immediately starts throwing shots and taking jabs at Mel talking about, well, you know, we, they wasn't a part of it. Cause you know, I don't feel like they were, no, what he said was, I don't think I should have to pay somebody to come and talk about their little t-shirt business and what happened. And, and Nell is like, hold on now, because Whole enterprises was certainly a thing and a successful one. And he's like, where is it at now? So this is where I'm finna get and do a little dragon. I don't know if we if if our listeners remember, but if you remember, Letitia said on a previous season that when Martel and Melody wanted to be bought out of scope, the, the company they started together, the company was in the red. And it took Letitia selling a piece of real estate that she owned and went, and it only went into the green after she became the majority share owner of Sculpt Enterprises. When Marceau and Martel was running Sculpt, it was in the red, meaning it was not turning any profit. That's number one. Number two, Colt Enterprises only dissolved because Mel and Martel got divorced and she wanted nothing to do with Martel business or otherwise. Martel and Mel had a very successful development company where they were developing real estate, both residential and commercial. So much so that if I'm not mistaken, Scope was mainly developing and uh, was basically developing business real estate. They only decided to get into residential real estate with the that acreage they have where Scott Manor is supposed to be. Other than that, they were they are business real estate developers, which is why they were helping build out Destiny's little salon and shit like that. Mel has a builder's license. Martel doesn't, but he obviously knows what he's doing when it comes to real estate developing on the construction aspect of it. He just too dumb to pass the test. But Whole Enterprises was doing just great until they divorced and Mel wanted to dissolve any business dealings that they had together. Afterwards, Mel went and started doing business completely outside of real estate. She has a successful skincare line. She has a successful hair care line. She has a clothing line. She just became, um, she just started her own television network. 
She managed to sell some goddamn music and go on a tour. I'm not even trying to be funny, but to reduce that woman's ability to see a good business venture and make it a reality and capitalize on it, to reduce it down to a little t-shirt line is misogynistic as fuck, especially when he says, oh, but he, he didn't even want to pay Maurice and Maurice got a bunch of experience and knowledge. A nigga who went to an unaccredited law school, that motherfucker couldn't even take the bar exam because the law school he went to is not accredited. He just barely became a lawyer a few years ago. Matter of fact, a big, fat, dumb, bald-headed, big, back, wide, nostril piece of shit was still in law school when this show was introduced to us. We also ain't seen that nigga. We ain't seen him litigate shit on the show. What experience do he have? What skin in the game do he have? We ain't seen that nigga working at all. That motherfucker jumps headfirst into get-rich-quick schemes, and let's fucking talk about it. Anybody running a credit repair business is a get-rich-scheme get scamming motherfucker because it typically is free to repair your credit by doing certain things, and that information is all over the internet free of fucking charge. You cannot pay people to repair your credit. And most of the shit that people who do claim they are credit repair specialists do is all they do is go to these uh credit bureaus and open up disputes saying, oh, I that, that shouldn't be on this person's credit report. That shouldn't be there. This shouldn't be there. That shouldn't be there. That's a majority of what they fucking do and tell you to pay your goddamn bills. I don't know of one legitimate extreme profit turning business that Maurice is a part of if it's not Skull. Kimmy is the fucking bread winner. So sitting up there downplaying that woman and what she's doing while smiling in her face and also you was begging her to come and be on that panel. To You obviously wanted her to come talk about her little t-shirt business. Let you tell it. And your wife is telling selling t-shirts and the slogans is not half as fire. I think he truly resents Mel because he wishes Letitia was more like Mel. He really does. There is no reason to be that big of a hater when her broke-ass, homeless-ass ex-husband is right there. You wanted him to come be on the panel, and that motherfucker don't got to literally don't have a pot to piss in and a window to throw it out of. <laughs> literally a stupid, bald-headed, homeless motherfucker who filed for full custody of his kids when he don't have no roof over his head. That's who you wanted to come be on your panel. And that motherfucker so dumb, stupid, shallow, pedantic, and ridiculous that he got anxiety and couldn't even be a speaker. They, The motherfucker was working the room like a prostitute. He probably, you need to sell some dick so you can have a place to stay. My good girl, Nell, went and told everything to Mel. And Mel dragged the fuck out of Martel. I, I was here for it. Deserved. It was it was well deserved because it's true. Why? Let me like let's let's be honest. If nothing else, even if if you don't feel like this woman's businesses put her at a certain level, even though again the, the audacity is certainly there. This woman found out that her husband was cheating on her for nearly half their marriage. Fathered multiple outside kids. One that is alive and well today had the courage to finally get up, leave, had to restart financially because they dissolved their businesses, had to pick her life up, remain a mother, heal, and still put all of this on TV for people to nitpick and laugh at her pain, including her fucking castmates. And you don't think that's the epitome and she's still winning and still got successful businesses? making business moves and you don't think that's somebody that should be on a panel for black businesses, please. And like she said, that's a lot of audacity coming from motherfuckers who have millions of dollars uh, in fraud lawsuits pending against them. That's a lot of audacity for motherfuckers that sitting on the cameras talking about renting furniture for their house. Boy, I don't like no hater ass nigga. If you're going to be a hater, hate other niggas, <laughs> but you constantly trying to bully on this woman. Well, all I have to add to it, as you you uh, beautifully summed it up, friend, is Marceau, you can go to me. For sure. Also, um, I wish Tiffany had 
listened when Lou said they shouldn't have a baby because as we can see, he is nowhere to be found and she is very obviously dealing with some postpartum issues. Yep. And she is all alone with no support, no backup, and that's very fucked up. And this is why, again, when when women be having, and men too, be having all this advice for unmarried women about having kids and this, that, and the third, that advice needs to apply to women across the board, whether they are single, dating, fucking, married, engaged, or unpartnered. Do not have a baby, sadly, if you are not in a, in a place where you can handle the heavy lifting by yourself. Because when the shoe drops, a, men, a lot of men pick up, leave, and do what they want to do, and l their life goes on, and you're sitting at home with no help, screaming baby, holding up the household, when this man told you, this is not the time to have a baby. A motherfucker say, now is not the time to have a baby. That should not be the time you have a baby. Yeah. You should take every precaution to keep from having a baby. Yeah. And I, and honestly, like, this ain't even a case of Lewis just saying, fuck you and the baby. He, as a matter of fact, I, and again, this is why I don't, he's not, like, great by any means, but it's compared to the rest of the fucking cast. Like, he's one of the most sensible like people on the show like he knows his schedule is crazy he knows her schedule is crazy as a matter of fact he was wanting her to take like time out so she don't burn herself out with her damn schedule like he knew like if they had the baby like like they they wouldn't be able to like he wouldn't be able to be there because of schedule conflict not because of will and now like she finally does have time to rest you know from work but it's like she's there off of work but they have the baby but now he's not there because of work so it's like again he tried to tell you like this is not the time it's not and and, and she should have listened it's unfortunate definitely should have listened well prayers to the baby yeah it looks like it, shit is finna start heating up and things are finna go very left and wayward between Marcel and Maurice with this $100 conundrum because Kimmy is out for blood and a part of me um, feels like Kimmy is out for blood um, because uh, she can't take her frustrations out on Maurice like she wants to. So she'll set her sight somewhere else. I agree. Because when Mel tried to tell y'all that the financial aspect of this black business expo did not make sense and shit was not adding up. Y'all continued anyways. And so when y'all continued anyways, what y'all were saying was however they handled the money situation without any proper paperwork and without an, a, fin a financial outline of the cost and the expenses, we still going to do it anyway. So I just feel like it's too late to be doing all this fucking complaining. Y'all don't know how much money they pocketed or profited, so why keep complaining about it? At at best, you know you got taken for $100. And Kimmy, you said everybody wasn't paying no $100, so they didn't get $100 from every vendor. Yep. So, yeah, again... I, I feel like this is going to be one of those situations where, like, it's... it's the anger is kind of justified, but you could have prevented this. And not only that, also... Because you can't right take it out on Maurice like you want to, then like that 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 aggression is gonna go towards something else that might not necessarily deserve that level of aggression. Absolutely. Like, yes, I understand one to understand what the money aspect of it was, but again, y'all agreed to be part of something that was not truly a joint effort. Yep. But more so uh, Marceau and Letitia saying this is what we doing you either going to be part of it or not yep. there wasn't a committee or a board and so you can't complain the shit over and done with they pocketed that money at this point if they if they turned a profit so the best of best of luck to everybody who got scammed yeah. honestly I will say best of luck but honestly it's kind of like I mean it is what it is because that's what you get for that's what you get for fucking with Marceau in the first place to be honest for sure. Well, that's it, y'all. We had it all now. We'll be back next week. I promise you. True.
Uh, y'all be good. Y'all stay out the way. Mind your business. Be peaceful. Be positive. Um, Peace, chicken. For sure. We out, niggas. Peace.